Merry Christmas to you all. Just a, another quick reminder that on, uh, on this evening at 5 o'clock up on the upper deck there, we'll have a time of, of celebrating Christmas and singing Christmas carols together. Um, we are doing a light dinner, and when we say that, there was confusion last time because people wanted to correct me. Yeah, I said there was a mashed potato bar, and people are like, it's a baked potato bar. Like, no, it's mashed potato bar. And so we're doing mashed potatoes. It's pre-chewed. You get to um, <laughs> add cheese and bacon and all kinds of crazy stuff that they're putting out there that you could put in your mashed potato dish. And uh, salad, I think. Is that right? Aaron? Where's Aaron? Is there salad? I think so. Um, and, uh, and then Christmas cookies. And we'll decorate those and have a, just a precious time together as a church family. There's no service tomorrow for Christmas Eve like we normally do, but there'll be a, a service this evening up in the, the amphitheater. Um, it's a blessing this morning so far, singing songs unto the Lord. It's always fun having the kids up here. Kids started laughing and little... Might have been a, a little one named Wyatt that started laughing. And I'm... I'm I'm looking at my kids, and I'm like, I'm looking at Jonathan, and he's laughing. And I'm looking at him like, okay, stop. <laughs> but he, he didn't make eye contact with me. I'm just like trying to get him to, to stop. But then I look at my wife, and there's like tears in her eyes, and she's laughing with Wyatt. <laughs> and I gave up. Uh, at that point, I'm like, it's just fun. I mean, it's... Cozy almost fell off the stage. That was fun, too. And... But it's better than a couple years ago. My daughter's still traumatized when one of the kids peed on my daughter's foot up here. So, <laughs> right? Every Christmas is better than that one. No one wants to get their foot peed on. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's come before the Lord in, in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for this time to celebrate you to worship you, to sing praises unto you, to have joy together as a church family, Lord, and to, to think upon and ponder your coming, what that means to us. I pray that, that this time of Christmas would just be a precious time for each one of us in which our hearts are stirred to a place of worshiping and adoring you. Minister to, to each and every one of us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We will be in Luke chapter 2 this morning, but it's Christmas, and you think of Christmas and you think people celebrate Christmas all over the world. Every country, Christmas is being celebrated. Countries in which Christianity is not even held to by very many people at all, and yet they are still celebrating Christmas. There's people who don't have any faith in Christ, and yet they celebrate Christmas. It's commercialized in such a way that it is the biggest thing that takes place throughout the year for so many people that are selling stuff, and Christmas carols being sung, and it's, it's a time where, where everybody celebrates but I think of being a kid. Now, 
For some of you, I was a kid not that long ago. For others of you, I was a kid a long, long time ago. But I think of being a kid and we, we would read the Christmas story together before we'd open up our Christmas presents. And there was a sense in which my dad and would read the Christmas story and, and we'd be sitting there by the Christmas tree and, and it was just almost like, okay, just finish because I can't wait to open up my presents. But we'd always read the Christmas story just like we do, right? Together as a family. But there's this enthusiasm about opening up the presents, the gifts that we, we get. And, and yet even for us as believers, we have a tendency sometimes to get caught up in all of that and forget about the greatest gift that's ever been given, and that is Christ our Lord. I was thinking about some of the gifts that I received as a kid and, and trying to think back of the ones that impacted me. And, and I think some of you guys will, will, will relate, and some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about. But the, the earliest gift I remember was being three years old, 1975. And the thing that everybody had to have when you were in 1975, you, you had to have this thing, was what was called a pet rock. <laughs> Came in a box. The box said, this, con- this box contains one genuine pedigreed pet rock. They sold a million and a half of them that year. And then I think they went bankrupt shortly after that. And so you get this pet rock, and it sits in this box. It has holes in it so the pet rock can breathe, but it doesn't breathe. And it, it just is a rock. It literally is just a rock. It didn't do anything. And so everybody had to have one. A million and a half people had one. My brother and I had two of the million and a half. But you sat there and looked at it, and it, it, it didn't do anything. Next year, 1976, we moved to Mission Viejo. And I can't remember what gifts we got that year. Probably because we moved to Mission Viejo. My parents couldn't afford gifts that year. No, I don't know. I I have no idea. I was was four. And we moved across the street there. This road was a dirt road that came out. And it's 1976. That's where we lived. 1977, we got our own puppies. Better than the pet rock. My brother had Duke and I had Pepper. Duke was a yellow lab and Pepper was a black lab. And, And that was exciting. Puppies. Who doesn't want puppies for Christmas? Right, kids? All your parents should buy you puppies. Just kidding. (laughs) Now, that seemed awesome. I I remember just like playing with Pepper. Pepper was mine. And just playing with Pepper and so excited to get puppies. But within the year, these puppies turned into something similar to Cujo. And... (laughs) And they took over our side yard. We couldn't get to our fort anymore. We had to make weapons to be able to get to the fort without being attacked by Duke and Pepper. And they radically changed our lives. They jumped on us, attacked us. Same year, we got a cool little game made by Mattel Electronics called Football. Modern day game, or historical Game Boy. First one ever made. Some of you guys remember, right? 1978. Six years old, Star Wars action figures. Wish I still had them. They'd be worth a lot right now. Sold them in garage sales, I'm sure, or threw them away. But everybody had to have a Star Wars action figure in 1978 and a game called Simon. 
pushed the button when the thing lit up and tried to remember it. Remember it. 1979, Atari 400. Biggest deal out there that year, Atari 400. Exciting. Got it at Jimco, I remember. 1980, everybody had to have a Rubik's Cube. Everybody had to have one. Rubik's Cube. The game that you had to have, and yet for the life of me, I cannot get past getting one side figured out. You see people that figure the things out super fast, not me. But I was super excited to get a Rubik's Cube that year. And that same year, I wanted a bike so badly, so badly. You see, I was the boy that, now 1980, I'm eight years old. For the previous three years or so, I had a blue Schwinn with a big banana seed. But for the first couple years, I defended myself that it wasn't a girl's bike because it was blue. But by eight, I knew it was a girl's bike. And I so badly, I so badly just wanted a bike. I just wanted a bike because my friends were like, you have a girl's bike. And, and I remember that, that Christmas after opening up my Rubik's Cube, the next biggest thing was that we opened up this box and it was a bike helmet. Now, back then, if you wore a bike helmet and you weren't like a bicyclist professional, you didn't have friends. <laughs> you just didn't. The, nobody had a bike helmet back then. And I remember just opening up this and I'm like, bike helmet, a bike helmet from a blue Schwinn. <laughs> and just thinking like, this is, this is bad. It is bad. And, and then after opening up all our presents, I remember my dad saying, oh, wait, we might have one more present in the garage. And we went back there, and sure enough, cool bikes that were there with red pads on it. And it was just, it was such a cool bike there in the garage. That same year, I rode that bike down to 7-Eleven right down here on Tribuco and Los Lisos, and someone stole that bike. <laughs> Gone. 1981, Atari 400 was no longer cool. Mattel Electronics came out with Intellivision, and we got that. And so I can remember these gifts going back from 1975, Pet Rock, 1981, nine years old. But you know what? And television's gone. Don't know what happened to it. I think we sold it in a garage sale. Rubik's Cube. I learned how to take it apart to make it so that it all came back together again. <laughs> since I could never figure it out. Atari 400 was gone within a couple years. Star Wars action figures gone. Simon gone. Puppies ran away. Pet Rock, lost interest after about two minutes of the Pet Rock. And you think of all the things that we just want, that we just want. This is what I want for Christmas. I hope I get this for Christmas. And we get started to just be focused on the gifts when there is the greatest gift that continues for now and the last couple thousand years and for all eternity. And that is the gift of Christ. It's the reason why we celebrate. 
It's the reason why we sing songs unto the Lord. The stuff of this world, moth and rust will destroy and thieves will break in and steal. The things of this world, Proverbs 11.4 says, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The thing that we need the most is righteousness. And the righteousness comes from Christ. Let's read together in Luke chapter 2. And and let's begin in verse 8, but we'll focus on verses 16 through 20. In verse 8, he says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And then in verse 16, 16 it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. This was the greatest event that has ever occurred in all of history. When you think of miracles that occur, the greatest miracle that could ever possibly occur is to think that God became flesh. Remaining what he was, he became what, was, what he was not on Christmas Day. Jesus remained what he has always been, the God of the universe. But he became what he was not, and that is he became fully man. Christ, fully God and fully man through the incarnation. His origins did not begin at Bethlehem. In John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. He has always, always existed. The God of this universe, always, always existing. Verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of became flesh on Christmas. Incredible to think of this. I, to, to, to put some context into that, I, I, I think of in Revelation chapter 19 where John's talking about how he saw heaven open and there's this, this white horse and one who sat on him is called Faithful and True and it tells us in righteousness he judges and makes war. And it tells us about him who sat on this white horse and it tells us that his eyes were like a flame of fire. 
On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God. This glorious, glorious God whom we serve. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. The power of our God. On his robe and on his thigh is the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The most glorious, glorious being imaginable, God himself. His name is called the Word of God and he became flesh. We think of the glory of God in which there's no need for the sun because he shines in brilliance in heaven. When you think of the glory of God in which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. When you think of the glory of God in which the angels sing day and night just praising him. The glory of God in which man cannot even look upon him and live. Became flesh. He became flesh. He began at no time he had always existed from eternity past. In scriptures, you see that when it's referring to the birth of Christ or Christ coming, it says that he came or that he was sent. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Sent him forth there, lying in that manger. Philippians 2, 7 says he came in the likeness of men. Been prophesied hundreds of years before, even thousands of years before. But in Isaiah 7, 14, it says that this would be the sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Micah 5.2 tells us that he'd be born in Bethlehem and that his goings forth would be from ancient days, even from everlasting. Jesus, when speaking with people, said, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I've always, always existed in glory. And yet, he took on flesh. He became a man. So the shepherds came and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, born in a stable and placed in a manger because there was no room in the inn. There was no friend to take them in. There was no stranger that might lend them a room. Christ came, born in a stable, lying in placed and lied in a, in a manger. This is our God. Think of the character of our God. In all of his glory, existing from eternity past, in perfect unity and joy with God, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit from eternity past. And there he is, placed in the womb of 
this young girl, Mary. She travels 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And they get there and find that there is no place for them to go. No room in the inn. No one to take them in. They're there in a stable with donkeys, sheep, camels possibly, and whatever other animals were there. Isaiah 53 verse 3 said that he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected by men even prior to his birth. You think of Christ and the, the, the beginning of his life. No room in the end. Place in the stable. The end of his life, hanging naked upon a cross like a criminal. It's the fulfillment of all of these things. He dies and is buried in a, a tomb that was not his own. He was despised and rejected by men. Man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Throughout his life, He said in Matthew 8, 20, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In humility, he came. Fulfillment of prophecy. See him riding on a colt, lowly on a colt, the foal of a donkey, meek and lowly. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He came, and it changes everything for us. It changes everything for us. If Christ had not come, There is no chance of salvation for any one of us. None. No chance of forgiveness of sin. No chance of being able to spend eternity with him in heaven. Christ came for several reasons, but two in particular that I want to point out this morning is he had to become flesh so that he might die. See, God can't die. God has existed for all eternity and will exist for all eternity. God cannot die. But he took on flesh. Took on flesh. He became a baby and grew up as a man so he could die for us, and so he could fulfill all righteousness. He fulfills all righteousness for us in that he was obedient in all things, tempted in all ways and yet without sin. And he came so that he might die for us. When you think about Christmas and what that means, there, God coming, 
being born in human flesh, lying there in a manger. So that he could fulfill all righteousness and then die on the cross for your sins. It changes everything for us for all eternity. I I had to work hard to remember Christmas gifts for from the ages of three to nine. What were they? What was it? You may sit there and think, I can't I can't believe you remembered. I mean, how do you remember from three to nine? I don't remember what I got last year. Don't think I'm brilliant. I had to turn around on my way to church because I wore the wrong pants with this suit. <laughs> Tasha said, Can I ask you a question? Yes, sweetheart. Your pants supposed to match your jacket. Look down. Now I'm going to be really late. Now they said, why do pants matter? I said, sweetheart, pants matter a lot. They matter a lot. I don't, I struggled remembering the gifts. But for all eternity, we will praise him. That God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. To think that we have salvation in him. Holy Spirit placed Within us, we're made new creations in Christ. Our sin is removed, and it's replaced with the very righteousness of Christ. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. To think that the gift of Christ, the gift of salvation, the sovereign gift of a God who calls us unto salvation, works in our heart, makes us able to see, seals us until the day of salvation, so that we get to spend eternity with him. For all eternity, the bride of Christ made his children, entering into the joy of the Lord, spending eternity with him. No chance of ever losing that salvation that comes through faith in Christ. And it's all because of God. It's all because God made it so that He would save for himself a people. That he would take us that wanted nothing to do with him and give us the greatest gift that we could ever hope for, and that is salvation. As these shepherds came, it tells us with haste, They came. They were eager to come. They heard what they heard from the angel, and they quickly raced to this little town of Bethlehem. They couldn't wait to see what it was that the angels had just made known to them, this babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and they raced
it tells us that they found Mary and Joseph. And they found the babe lying in a manger. What a sight that must have been. Baby Jesus lying in this feeding trough that surely Joseph took hay that was the cleanest hay he could find and tried to make the most comfortable place for Jesus to lie. Animals that are around. The noises that would have come from them. The smells that would have been involved with that. Mary that was there having given birth and now there's Jesus lying there in a manger. It says, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They made widely known, starting with Joseph and Mary. Can you imagine them coming and saying, we're here. You see, we were up there in the fields, keeping watch over our flock at night, and this angel of the Lord stood before us, and the glory of the Lord shone around us, and we were so afraid, but he said, don't be afraid, for behold, I, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day as in the city of, of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then... And then they said that we would find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And, and he is right there. And, and after they said that, there, there was with this angel, this multitude of heavenly hosts. And all of them were, were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. You guys should have heard it. It was amazing. The sound of it. Thousands upon thousands saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. They just wanted all creation to glorify him. And so we made haste. We rushed. We came. And here we are. They made widely known the saints which had told them concerning this Christ, this child. And all of those who heard it marveled at those things which are told them by the shepherds. They all heard it and marveled. But Mary, Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Can you picture it? She had already heard what the angel had said to her. Her husband came and said, this is, this is what the angel said to me. Elizabeth came and said, this is what I was told. Zacharias came and said, this is what I was told. She's hearing the different accounts, and she has to be sitting there and, and just saying, he's our Savior. It's Christ the Lord. He's going to save his people from their sins. It's no wonder her response was saying, my soul magnifies the Lord 
and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. But she sits there just pondering these things in her heart. What does this mean? It was all God. He was saving his people. We know that there's a few times that we see Mary's response later on. One, we see Jesus where he's at the the wedding and he turns the water into wine. and, And right before that, Mary says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says, do it. We know she's there at his crucifixion. And we know that when all the disciples were in the upper room, and they all were continuing in one accord in prayer and supplication, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers were there with him. She followed Christ. He was her Savior, her God, the one in whom she loved But she sat there pondering these things in her heart. I pray that on this Christmas we would ponder these things in our heart. Think about what Christ means to us. Think about the greatest gift that we could have ever been given, and that is Christ the Lord, a Savior, our God. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, as it was told them. They left that place praising him, glorifying him, filled with joy for what they had seen. You see, they had the greatest gift that anybody could have ever hoped for. And that is Christ the Lord. It changed them forever. They wanted to tell everybody. Everybody. About what they saw and who was born. We know that it had an impact We see that when the wise men came, we're told that all of Jerusalem, as well as Herod, was concerned with the fact that they're saying a king has been born and is in Bethlehem. Those shepherds came, and they truly made it widely known what was told to them. They told everybody. Evangelism occurring. We are blessed and that the Holy Spirit has come upon us. He's called us to be witnesses here in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the end of the earth. We've been called to proclaim the gospel. 
Paul said, I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. He got it. He understood that the greatest news that could ever be told, the greatest gift that could ever be given, is the message of Christ, our Savior, our God. That he became flesh. That he dwelt among us. That he fulfilled all righteousness. That he died and that he rose again. And that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Kids, I don't know what you guys are hoping for for Christmas. You might get what you're looking for, what you want. My kids, you guys probably won't. (laughs) Just kidding. Natalie's like, what? You may get what you're hoping for. Maybe not. But the greatest gift, it's Christ. Whatever you get and you open up and you're excited about on Tuesday morning, Christmas morning, it'll be a blessing to you for a period of time and then you'll lose interest in the pet rock. The puppy will bite you. Someone will steal your bike. They'll come out with a new electronic thing that will make this year's one look lame. It happens. Be thankful anyhow. But ultimately be thankful for Christ, the greatest gift that could ever, ever be given to us. And make him known. Share the gift. They shared Christ and his birth and who he was and what the angel said with everybody with everybody. All Jerusalem knew that there was one who was called a king that was born in Jerusalem. These shepherds didn't know that he would live, be tempted in all ways, yet without sin. They didn't know that he would be the one that would make blind people able to see, make lame people able to walk, heal a withered hand, Turn water into wine. Multiply fish and loaves. Walk on water. And go to the cross. And die on that cross so that they could spend eternity with him. They didn't get that part. And yet they made him widely known to everybody. You get that part. You see the rest of the story, and you know how great the salvation is. Brothers and sisters, let's proclaim it. Proclaim it. May we have a passion to preach the gospel. If you're here this morning and you're not a believer, we bring you good tidings of great joy, which would be to all people this morning. There was... A child that was born, there was a son that was given, and it's Christ the Lord, and he saves us from our sins. 
be the greatest gift you could ever get from now and for all eternity if today is the day of salvation for you. Kids, you may be more excited about the gifts that you're going to get on Tuesday than about Christ, the greatest gift ever. May that change for you this morning, this morning. Be more excited about your Savior. He hurls your sins to the depths of the sea. He remembers them no more. He gives you righteousness, the very righteousness of Christ. You're clothed with robes of righteousness through faith in him. May we find ourselves rejoicing, rejoicing. For a child was born and it was Christ the Lord. It changes everything for us. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we're thankful, Lord. We're thankful for the greatest gift that you could ever possibly have given us, and that is yourself. What an incredible picture we have of you being born there in Bethlehem, as it had been prophesied in Micah 5.2, laid in a manger, because there was no room for you in the inn, despised and rejected by men, and yet, by your stripes were healed. You carry our sorrows. You take away our sin. You make it so that we can spend eternity with you. Lord, I know there's people here who could think, it's a nice story, but how do I know it's true? Lord, you give us hundreds of prophecies dating back thousands of years. In some cases, hundreds of years. But nevertheless, hundreds or even thousands of years of prophecy given, giving us all the details of your birth, of your life, of your death, and of your resurrection. How is that possible if it were not true? And you have radically changed hearts, radically changed lives of people in this room, and we praise you for it. I pray that today would be the day of salvation for people here who are unsaved in this room, and that Christmas would be radically different for them forever. As believers, Lord, I pray that you would guard us from getting caught up in stuff. May we be just saturated in treasuring you this Christmas. As families, may we read the Christmas story together. Find ourselves just praising you for who you are and what you've done. And may the gifts be secondary to the greatest gift imaginable, and that is Christ our Lord. Be glorified now through our praises, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.